I'm Lindsay, the founder of WellBe and the host of the Not Just Wellness podcast. As well as my passion for wellness, I am passionate about helping people and bringing people together, which is why I wanted to start this podcast. I want to bring different people from all walks of life on each month who can help, inspire and educate my listeners, all whilst having a little bit of fun. Today we're going to talk about all things love, and not just romantic relationships with a partner, but love for yourself too. So whether you're single, dating, in a committed relationship, or maybe even married, I'm sure you'll have some fun listening today. I'm joined by Sarah, who is a holistic health coach who works primarily with women who have low self-esteem, don't necessarily love their bodies, and are a sucker for a fad diet. She helps them form better relationships with themselves and food and teaching them to love themselves inside and out. I'm also joined by Christiana, who is Dubai's number one elite matchmaker and dating coach. She's currently writing the blueprint of the Dubai dating scene and has over 80% success rate and is a native New Yorker. Welcome, guys. Hello, and thank, thank you, you so much for having us. I'm so excited. <laughs> this is your first podcast episode, right? It is. Oh, yes. I'm really excited. And <laughs> I was just, um, I was having a conversation with Sarah a couple of days ago, and I was like, one of my goals this year is to do a podcast, and I don't know what I want it to be about or what I want the name to be, um, but it probably will be something to do with wellness, and I was kind of like, do you remember the, the lady that was doing the dating uh, talk at the Health Love event at Times Square, and I was like, I'd love her to be on my podcast, she was like, such good energy, and here we are today, like, I think it was four days ago. Yeah. So, oh, thank yeah. you so much. So, oh, yes, yeah. I'm super excited. Um, so... I'm going to get you guys just to introduce yourselves a little bit about what you do. Um, Let's start with you, Sarah. Um, Just give us a little bit about like who, not who you are, but how long you've been in Dubai, what you do, how you help people and kind of maybe why, why I brought you here today, why you think I brought you here today. Okay. Um, First of all, thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. Um, I've been in Dubai for seven years and like you said, I work primarily with women who struggle with dieting and body image and don't feel good about themselves. And the way I help them is through one-on-one coaching and also through community events. I have a self-love tribe, which I'll tell you a little bit more about later. And I believe that self-love is the reason why you brought me on here today. Um, basically about how it is so important to have a good relationship with yourself and how that ties into dating as well, how that changes your dating experiences. Amazing. And I've been to the self-love tribe circle, which we will touch on later. <laughs> so I'm well, hello, everybody. My name is Christiana Maction. And like you mentioned, I'm a professional matchmaker here in Dubai, also a dating coach. And I've been in Dubai for almost six years. Gosh, I made the journey in 2016 and I can't believe it. It feels like it's been a lifetime and that I've always lived in Dubai, even though it's only been like this short amount of time. But Dubai is definitely home for me. And what I saw was that there is this massive, I guess, like negative reputation that dating in Dubai has. But there are so many quality people here and so many success stories in love. And I want to be that bridge that brings those people together. 
Amazing. And do you know what? It's funny because so many people, and probably including myself, have kind of been like, dating in Dubai, it's not the best. It's different, mm-hmm. like, to being back home. And Me too. Like, why, why is that? <laughs> but, like, my best friend out here, she met her now husband on Bumble. Yeah. And, and I've heard other success stories as well. So there is hope to any, like, single ladies or, or men out there as well. So. Definitely hope. Oh, especially with you. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm actually really intrigued to know how you become a matchmaker. Yes. Like, people want to be doctors or lawyers or personal trainers. And then you're like, I'm a, the elite matchmaker in Dubai. Well, it's actually, it's a funny story. I feel like I've kind of lived a few different lifetimes in one. Like I started out my career in finance and then I ended up switching and I got my master's in education. Actually, I taught in schools, kindergarten teacher. When I came over here with my former partner, I was teaching in schools. We had split and then I just had like this fire lit underneath me. And I was like, you know what? I am going to be the best that I can be in anything that I choose to do. I ended up becoming a curriculum leader in a new curriculum I didn't even know about, a published author, a consultant for uh, different schools. And then I, gosh, it was during pandemic time, 2020, when everybody was dating on the apps and Mm -hmm. doing, when I found the whole app dating, the Zoom dating, so incredibly ridiculous. So I started a comedic Instagram account called Dating in Dubai that gained some popularity. I was really poking fun at the situation. But uh, people started asking me for dating advice. And I was like, oh, well, this is much needed here. I'm a solution seeker, so here we go. <laughs> and I've always been able to see both sides of the coin, like the female and the male perspective, no matter what. And so I ended up getting certified as a dating coach, becoming a professional matchmaker. I was doing it um, kind of privately. But then when they loosened the laws in September, I was like, boom, I left my previous industry ended up starting up my company in October and we've just seen so much success and I'm so happy with it. That's amazing. Um, You just mentioned when it was more like legal. Like, I didn't yeah. Even, like, yeah. Okay. So yeah, so, so I wouldn't have even thought about that. So, I mean, obviously we are in Dubai mm. and uh, we're mainly ruled by Sharia law. And if you weren't dating for marriage, um, that was kind of seen as illegal. And I think before that Tinder was the only dating app that was here that you use without VPN. I mean, I'm not condoning this because VPN is technically illegal in Dubai. (laughs) But um, yeah, the laws loosened because remember before, and I think that they changed this law whilst we were in COVID. um, You could live with a partner. Yeah. Yeah. You can have a child out of wedlock. And those laws started coming out. And then I basically consulted a few different lawyers and I said, is this legal for me to do this now? And they said, yes. Open up my company and I said, here we go. Do you know what? I was just thinking literally a few minutes ago. I was like, why have I never come across you before? Because you're like the only, I don't know any other dating coaches in Dubai. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I've never actually used one. But um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I was thinking, why have I never seen you? But that's probably why. Because it wasn't publicizing it until October. It wasn't. And and I really became public with it. Now there are like some people that are coming out who um, are trying to pursue something similar, but that's in every industry, right? Mm -hmm. There's abundance for everyone. But I am number one. (laughs) (laughs) Keep that in mind. (laughs) And just touching on the 80% success rate. Like what does does that mean? Mm -hmm. So obviously nowadays, and we're in 2022, Marriage isn't always success for a couple. And what I, the journey that you take with me in matchmaking is I put you on the first date, put you on the second date if it's 
if it all works out in terms of feedback, and then you take it from there. If you're happily in a relationship, I consider that success. You met them through me, and you can always come back for more. We have different packages. We can talk about that later on. So I do have like kind of like a success guarantee because I totally love love, and I believe in that. So if you are looking for real love, hi. <laughs> By the way, guys, this is not a sales pitch, but I am so in, I am so intrigued about what a matchmaker does and like how mm-hmm. it works. So um, I think it's amazing what you're doing. Thank you. Um, I, I want to ask you, like, if there was one story that really stood out to you in the time doing this about someone finding love. Okay. Or it, it could we could we could have two stories. We could okay. have someone finding love and. <laughs> Maybe a really funny or, yeah, maybe a really funny story as well. For sure, for sure. (laughs) So in Finding Love, I mean, I found that a lot of the men that I work with, so I'm mainly a matchmaker for men, and I I coach women through the process, and I have another uh, service that I do. But um, my favorite client has been this guy. He's been divorced twice. He has young children from his first marriage, but they live in a different country. And he's honestly just one of the nicest persons I have ever met. Like, just a beautiful soul. And when I first met him, I was like, I need to find this guy, somebody. The first person I put him on a date with, he's currently in a relationship with. And, and if I'm very honest, so he, he was only my third matchmaking client ever. Oh, and I was just like, awesome. okay, it does work. My Aww. method does work. <laughs> and they're still happily together. So I'm super proud of that. That's so cute. To be fair, I think I'd be more reliant on you than a dating app. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh because... the apps are scary, man. Yeah. <laughs> they are. It's wild out there. <laughs> it is. And which is why I say you need to meet somebody in the wild. Yeah. Whether, I mean, whether or not you go through a matchmaker or not, because the dating apps are very hard um, environment to vet somebody and to really see if you even want to go on a first date with somebody because they could be um i guess providing a false sense of their self and i think you can talk about this with like self-love where um, the complaints i get on both sides men say all of the women have filtered photos and that they're they don't look like what they look like in real life and i think that has to do a lot with Mm self-love um and women say oh they're all married or 10 years older than the Or they're lying or this or that. Both sides are lying to one another. Mm -hmm. And I say, if you do want to meet somebody, Dubai is open. Go out, find events. Mm -hmm. Hobbies and interests are the most, are the basic like categories I use to help find compatibility in people. Do something that you already know. Become an expert in something. Learn something new. And in the process, you might actually find somebody who could be a match for you. Mm -hmm. It's true. Yeah. Although, talk, saying that about dating apps, I have recently met someone on a dating app um, who is seems really, really nice. Okay. Funny enough, currently in New York. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, That's my brother. But okay. it's only... Kidding, kidding, kidding. But we will see. But I, I think when I think too much about dating or you put too much pressure on it and you're on these Thank apps you. and you're trying to find someone, mm-hmm. it actually takes the fun away from it. And then when you're less bothered, a bit like my friend who's now married from a Bumble day, you like it feels more natural and it kind of goes somewhere. So I don't think yeah. it's we're completely rolling out dating apps in this conversation, but they are they are hard to, to navigate. And, um, and I also think that exactly what you're saying in terms of like energy, right? When you're chasing something, mm. you're not attracting it. Mm. Mm. So I always say like when I suggested about the hobbies or interests is that you're investing in yourself. 
You're learning something new. You're perfecting a craft. So not only are you investing in yourself, but that's attractive to somebody else. Mm. And if you're on the same, I guess, wavelength of interest, you might attract that good partner yeah. for you. Mm. Yeah, I think as well, like when you're actively chasing something, you settle for so much less than what you actually want yeah. because you feel desperate. Mm -hmm. But like what Chris, uh, Christiana said, if you are doing something for yourself, and you find somebody that's on the same level and the same interest as you, that's probably the best way that you can do it. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. when you're desperate, you just accept breadcrumbs from any old person that will give it to you, won't you? And <laughs> also, people can smell the reek of desperation. <laughs> yeah. So true. Trust. Yeah. Trust. Yeah. On, on both sides, guys and girls. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So true. So, Sarah, you just touched on self-love. So let's go a little bit into that. And the self-love circle that you're doing and all things self-love. Okay. So the self-love circle that I do is basically a safe space that me and my co-host Kai created for women in Dubai to feel like they can have somewhere to go, again, to connect with like-minded people, to connect with people who want to have deep conversations and to just show up fully as they are without any judgment. Um, also a place for them to learn how to love themselves because... I don't think that we really learn that from anywhere. We, we're all caught in this comparison trap and feeling like we're not doing enough and we're, we don't have enough and we aren't enough. So I think it's important to be able to give people the tools to know how do they build a positive relationship with themselves. And that's what it's all about. We do talk about relationships in there as well because ultimately the relationship that you have with yourself does affect every other relationship you have in your life. And it's not just about how you are with your partner but also how do you show up with your friends how do you show up at work with your colleagues and it just spirals out into the rest of your life so so we said self-love a few times but what does self-love like what would you say it actually means because everyone's got their own version of what this means yeah and I'm gonna ask both of you this actually uh, the, the best way I like to describe self-love is if you compare it to a long-term relationship that you're in with someone and you know that that person is not perfect but you also know that that person has so many amazing things about them there are some things that you accept about them and then there are other things in other areas you know that they could improve on and you do mention it and you do work on it and it's kind of just like bringing that into yourself and having that relationship with yourself knowing that you are amazing but you're also flawed and imperfect just like any other human and that doesn't mean that you are not worthy of love or acceptance mm. from yourself or anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to know about mm. self-love, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I always come from a standpoint of empowered dating. And I always say that you need to make sure that you put yourself on a pedestal mm -hmm. and that, oh gosh, the sexiest thing on anybody. It's not what you wear. It's not what car you have. It's not up here. I mean, maybe it is intelligence, but it's confidence. Mm -hmm. Confidence, confidence, confidence. And if you hold yourself in such high regard, you're going to demand that respect from others. And then yeah. when, let's say, you do end up forming a relationship with them, you're going to have this foundation of respect. And that yeah. really has a lot to do not only with love in a relationship, but love with yourself. Mm -hmm. What I find really interesting about confidence is when you see someone else that's confident, you are really attracted to them. And sometimes you know that it's confidential. Like, I love how confident they are. But then when it's you sometimes having to be that confident, 
you kind of you do we all have this self-doubt and we put ourselves down and we tell ourselves these horrible things and Mm -hmm. you have this imposter syndrome sometimes Mm -hmm. around things and Mm -hmm. it's mad though isn't it i think like why why do we we see other people and we see them confident and we find them attractive but when it comes to us being that person it's sometimes quite difficult it yeah it is very difficult and it's because we know ourselves better than we know anyone else and we forget that we only see the surface of people too Mm. We don't know what's happening um, behind closed doors. And so they could look like they have all their shit figured out. But in reality, they probably feel the same as you because there is no person on earth who is perfect. And like you said, we all struggle with self-doubt. So it's like you can either let that self-doubt eat you up and make you insecure and close you off from life. Or, you know, the part of loving yourself and accepting yourself is knowing that you will have doubts and imperfections, but you are going to open yourself up anyway and you are going to turn up in life and you're going to be yourself 100% yeah. and know that you're amazing just the way that you are. And of course, there's always room for improvement, but you can work on yourself while also acknowledging that yeah. you are great as you are. Oh my gosh, and I totally agree with that, with basically like showing up for yourself, mm-hmm. right? And putting and knowing that what you bring to the table is so unique yeah. and Do not forget that because everybody is unique and special in their own way. And Mm -hmm. I think that sometimes, and I heard you say this, like this comparison trap. And I love that term because Mm -hmm. we're constantly comparing ourselves to one another, to someone sitting across the street, Mm -hmm. to someone on Instagram, this couple here, that couple there. When in actuality, right, if that's bringing you down, then you need to put a blockage on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And learn how or what you need to feel the most confident in yourself. Yeah, so true. It's funny that actually, because I just done a uh, like two to three week social detox. I completely took my account off of Instagram, deleted wow. it. And, and I do it every few months. And people are like, why are you doing it? Like thinking, that, you know, you get messages like, I can't find you on Instagram. Just tried to tag you in something. I'm like, oh, I've just come off it. Is everything okay? Yeah, everything's fine. <laughs> everything is better. Is, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Um, but honestly, in that two to three weeks, and this was only up until the other day that I went back on it, in that two to three weeks that I was off it, I felt so content and I felt so like, oh, at peace. And then I went back on it and then I posted something and I was like, why have I even gone back on this? Mm. Like, and you, and you, I, I don't know why we do it. It's just, I think it's just habit as well. It's ingrained in us now, isn't it? You know, you do something, you post it and you, it's a really good way I find to just connect with people. And that's why I love Instagram and all social media, but um, it's definitely yeah. a comparison like trap. Yeah. Massively. The thing is like, like I mentioned before, you don't really know what's going on behind closed doors and on social media, people are, putting up their highlights basically i mean there's more people these days showing the crappy side of life too which i think is great uh but for the most part people are sharing their highlights and the thing is that when you share your highlights is when you get the most connection i put it in you know quotation marks from people because let's say like you achieve something and suddenly you have loads of likes loads of comments and you feel validated from people and that feeling of validation can be so addictive Mm. and I think that it is just a normal part of being human Mm. like we like to have validation from other people no matter how much you love yourself if somebody makes you feel good about yourself you're gonna like that you're gonna enjoy the feeling so I think it's about trying to stay grounded and having a strong sense of self in yourself that you can validate yourself and then the other validation is something that is nice to have as opposed Mm. to something that you constantly have to seek out to feel better about yourself yeah so it's 
It's tricky though. Yeah. I mean, even I struggle with it sometimes. Yeah. So in this podcast or in all the podcasts that I record going forward, I want to really like help and inspire people and have them take away something from this. So if both of you had to give like one tip to the listeners today about how they could love themselves more and to help them attract maybe the per- the right person for them if they're single or attract a better relationship if they're in a relationship that's not going so well, what would that be? Oh, I think that this like sums up everything we're talking about in terms of self-love, I think really comes first and trying to reach that point where you are so confident in yourself and that you know what you bring to the table is so unique Mm -hmm. and setting a really high standard for yourself and your partner Mm -hmm. because and keeping to those standards i think that what ends up happening sometimes is let's say you feel less confident or your self-love is maybe wavering a little bit that you tend to lower your standards Mm -hmm. where instead it's like nope keep them up here because then you're going to attract the right partner for you that's going to put in the right amount of effort that you expect for yourself because if you have high expectations your partner will either meet them or not and if they don't bye yeah see later do you know how many men are here in dubai yeah plenty of fish in the sea yes and i guess my advice would be pretty similar to christiana's but i think it's so important to know yourself and be yourself and don't try and hide who you are and what you need if you feel like you're someone who's very emotional or likes to be in touch a lot don't try and hide that from someone just to like seem cool or to seem you know that you're not that interested don't play games because eventually the truth is going to come out about who you are and you are making somebody fall for the wrong version of you so you have to work on being comfortable enough to be yourself through loving yourself and you know loving yourself is showing up for yourself getting to know yourself setting boundaries for yourself and for other people as well uh know what you will tolerate and what you will not tolerate um and yeah i guess that should help you figure out who you are and what you want from a partner and the rest will just unfold from there do you know what just on that as well what and sarah you just lent me this book called attached about attachment styles (laughs) and i'm reading it i'm about just over 100 pages in and Mm -hmm. it's so interesting because some of the behaviors that i've had in recent like well not recent but previous relationships that i may have been told that you know that wasn't the right behavior to have Mm. or you're this and you're that Mm. and now i'm reading the book i'm like no that's totally normal that was my needs as a person yeah, and exactly. and what was happening is they were just kind of dismissing those needs because of their attachment style and mm. if anyone listening wants to um know more about attachment styles read the book attached and i haven't even finished it yet but it's amazing it yes so can i give some advice okay. <laughs> Go for it. okay so this is just advice in general about communicating with men okay mm. men are very simple creatures <laughs> they really really are and If they want to do something, they will. Mm -hmm. And if they don't want to do something, they won't. Mm -hmm. And believe in that. If they want to take you out on a date, they will ask you on a date. If they want to plan it, they will. If they're not, then they Mm -hmm. won't. Okay? Mm -hmm. So you also need to be a good, I guess, reader of the situation. And I will give advice to women that, of course, not 100% of the time could you always be, like, super sweet and sexy. But if you ever do want to communicate in person your standards to a guy, what I would do, (laughs) I would touch them either like on their arm, put on like a really cute Mm. face, sexy face. And I would say, you know what I find super attractive? 
is when someone communicates with me every day. And then just leave it at that. that. Instead of saying, you didn't message me on Wednesday and Thursday and blah, blah. Because men aren't going to hear that. Mm -hmm. They're they're very simple like that. But if you communicate in a sex way, like, oh, Angie's touching my arm. And you say it like that. And if they want to step up to the plate, they will. And if they don't, they won't. So how do you deal with dating? Because you're single. You are are single, right? Yes, yes, yes. So how do you deal with dating in Dubai as a dating coach oh goodness men are very intimidated by it but only it'll take a very strong man to be with me so i've been proposed to two and a half times i've been in two and a half half. (laughs) the half one doesn't really count because it doesn't count but it was on it was even standing up no yeah it was a very interesting complicated situation but two and a half times um i've been like really engaged once and but i mean obviously i'm single now and it's because i do have these really high standards for myself for example i was meant to meet up with a guy today we spoke on sunday and we're supposed to meet sunday but then he had something going on he was like hey well then let's meet at 10 p.m and i was like no it's too late for me really it's it's just i was like listen it's just too late for me let's plan something else let's reschedule so i'm on the phone with him and um i said well i'll check my diary and get back to you okay and then we're still on the phone he's like no check your diary now i want to reschedule it now and i was like okay i was like i like that i like that so i told him tuesday well for those i'm we're recording on tuesday right now and um (laughs) so he messages me yesterday he's like hey i'm gonna message you in the morning with a plan because i told him before this backtrack I said, I prefer a pre-plan, mm-hmm. a pre-plan plan um, in advance. And so anyway, Tuesday comes today and I hear from him in the afternoon saying, hey, I actually have like really low energy today. I know that you like a plan, but tomorrow I have to be in Abu Dhabi and blah, 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 blah. And then and then he's like, oh, but I really do want to see you. So can I uh, maybe at the weekend? And I'm going to tell you something, ladies. Silence is golden. There's no need to respond to every little thing. Oh, but you said this. You said that. Silence. So I'll see what his response is after that. But when I gave him the silent treatment before, he was banging off my phone so hard. So I was like, oh, but I've got to put him on ice for a bit right now. So I still have my high standards. And it's good to communicate that, yeah, as you 100%, were saying. 100%. And to be upfront, like, when somebody says, hey, I want to take you for coffee. Actually, I prefer dinner. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then they either meet it or they don't. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. So talking of silence, ghosting <laughs> is my favorite topic mm-hmm. um, because I think this really impacts self-love as well. Mm-hmm. I don't think people understand when they ghost someone the impact they have on that person, particularly if they're not a strong character. Yeah. You can get someone who's a strong character and can probably take it. And I'm not saying they can fully take it, but mm-hmm. they can definitely override it you know, easier than someone who's maybe a little bit softer. Okay. what's your like what's your thoughts on ghosting like <laughs> why do people do it wow my thoughts <laughs> on it i think that you get ghosted more often when you meet on a dating app because mm. you have no real tie to this person in the real world and people on dating apps and i hate to say this but they become disposable because yeah. they live in your phone they don't live in your real life so you don't True. even think of them of having real feelings or real connection with them yeah. which is another reason why i always say either meet through friends colleagues out in the wild because at least you've met them either through somebody or you had a personal connection with them that they might think twice about ghosting yeah and i had this conversation the other day with somebody 
And they said, well, what if it was the first date? And the two people just didn't get on. And then they, they just never speak again. Is that ghosting? If both of them ghost, right? And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to put it to you ladies. Do you <sighs> think it's mutual ghosting if they both ghost? Or it's just, halas, think- I'll never see you again. <laughs> yeah, I think it is ghosting because yeah. I think if you've taken the time out to spend with someone, whether it be a day date, an evening date, you've got ready, you've gone out, yeah. you've spent money, mm-hmm. you've committed time and effort and energy to that person. And I think just a simple text doesn't even have to be a phone call just a simple mm-hmm. text to go do you know what had a really nice evening but not for me yeah and and, yeah. I, and i can say this because i've i've done it i've been out on dates and they've been really nice people but i just don't see myself going on another date with them mm. so i've just messaged them and been like no sorry but you're really nice and you know mm-hmm. good luck for the future kind of thing yeah. um so yeah i do think that is ghosting probably not as harsh as when one person <laughs> yeah. ghosts just another person yeah and just mm-hmm. ignores your text messages that to me is just like emo- uh, what's it called someone said it once emotional um it's like emotional bullying essentially mm-hmm. um but yeah, yeah. On, Sarah. <laughs> i i agree it is a mutual ghosting yeah mm-hmm. um and the thing is i think that people are so uncomfortable with being uncomfortable knowing that they have to reject another person mm-hmm. is uncomfortable for them because let's say it makes them feel like a bad person they don't want to deal with the discomfort of being a bad person so they're just like i'm just gonna avoid it altogether, and i'm gonna save my feelings but then it's the other person's feelings that are getting hurt at the expense if it's mutual then maybe they both feel relieved but yeah when it's happening from one end definitely can i tell you why people sometimes ghost and don't block so I, i'm a big blocker mm. if you mess up okay bye so you never so <laughs> <laughs> but um i think that sometimes people ghost in uh maybe hopes that in a couple months maybe a few more mm. weeks they can always come back they leave the door open just yeah. a little bit because you know maybe that wasn't right for them then but now they're bored or they're mm. hungover on a sunday it's like yeah. oh let me go talk to so-and-so yeah. i forgot about her <laughs> and then which is why i say if somebody ghosts you block them yeah. because it doesn't leave the door open even a smidgen for mm. them to come back into your life mm. and it makes you feel like you've taken the power back yeah a bit and um yeah yeah, makes you feel more in control of the situation mm-hmm. rather than letting somebody else dictate how the situation is going to mm-hmm. play out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I to be fair, I've been blo- um, blocked. <laughs> I've been <laughs> What did I've, you do? <laughs> <laughs> I've been ghosted in the past, but I have learned to deal with it like perfectly now. I mm-hmm. don't let don't let it get to me and I, I don't block them, mm-hmm. but I will not communicate with them if they try to reach out later. Because I'm like, if you didn't value my time and energy then, yeah. then I'm not even going to give you the time of day now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Can I just say that I have been somebody who has ghosted before? <laughs> so, I guess, you know, what I was sharing is a little bit from my perspective. But at that time in my life, like, my life was a hot mess. Everything was a mess. The dating was just... It felt like it was an extra effort in my life that I just didn't have time for. And mm-hmm. instead of addressing it head on, I was like, I'm just going to leave it. Yeah. And that was not cool. I, I actually ended up bumping into the person um, recently. I this story. <laughs> recently. And um, I apologized, which was like a huge weight off my chest. But yeah, yeah. I, I think it's really important not to take it personal when mm. somebody ghosts you. What was his reaction? He he was such a nice guy. 
he understood like especially considering like all the things that were happening in my life at mm-hmm. that point so he was quite understanding uh it just it wasn't the best way to to deal with it for sure and i don't think i would ghost anyone again but yeah i do think but you can so- always block <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with warning I, I would do it with warning <laughs> bye felicia <laughs> I I recently blocked this guy that I actually was like really into. We had a phone Aww. call and like all of this, but it was like to end end everything. And I don't know, I think the New York came out in me, but I told him I was like, You better ask about me and then I hung up the phone because I was like, Cause you'll never hear from me. Block <laughs> Why did you block him though? What did he do? <laughs> I mean he wasn't meeting my standard. Yeah. Right. He really thought and then I said to him, I was like I was like, you've got the wrong one. If you think that you cannot talk to me for seven whole days, Ooh. you've got the wrong yeah. one. That's a big red flag. For yeah, Nicki Minaj Ooh. came out in me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so you're a dating coach, but do you do you work with married people as well? Or is it just dating? So right now I am working with um, people who are single, mainly people who are divorced, trying to get back into the dating scene. And that's where a lot of my dating coaching comes in. I love working with divorced women because maybe they've never dated ever in their life. Maybe they had an arranged marriage. Maybe they only dated when they were in their 20s. Where dating in the 2020s is so much more complex. Yeah. And I love working with people who have already, and I hate to say this, but like tick that box of marriage or Mm. tick that box of children because they're not coming from maybe um, a standpoint of desperation. We're like, oh my gosh, I'm turning this age. I need to have this. I need to have that. Mm. Where they're making more conscious decisions of I know what I like and what I don't like because I've already been through that committed relationship Mm. before. But also, gosh, my most recent clients are 25. Too. Do you know what's years old? Do you know what's really interesting? So I was reading some stats earlier today, and the divorce rate has actually dropped in the last decade because um. I think before it was always going up. Like more and more people were getting divorced, and now it's actually dropped. Um, but it's still, if you're under twenty five, I think it's still like much higher than if you're over twenty five, whatever. But what I also find interesting is not the divorce rate's dropped, but it's really. It, I think the dating scene is so much harder now. So it's like, it's just like flipped. I, I think years ago, it's probably easier to date because you didn't have social media. You didn't have all these outside influences and mm. thinking that, you know, the grass is always greener. So then you'd marry someone quickly, but then I don't know, the divorce rate was higher and now it's just completely switched. I think another thing that has happened to the whole dating scene is that the world has become more accessible mm. where people travel more. People move to different countries yeah. more than like, let's say in our parents age where literally like you grew up in a neighborhood, you met somebody in your town that kind of fits the same age range, fits these kind of qualities. You get yeah. married and yeah, and then you have your children and that's it. And then I think that's where the divorce rate probably comes in higher when you made those commitments super young. And now the world is more accessible. So like, "Ah, I can live in Dubai and live my free life. But Mm. (laughs) I do think it is so much harder as an expat, though, to date then because you because this, you have to have that conversation mm-hmm. of I completely you know agree. are you going to move back home are you going to move to another country are you going to stay in Dubai yes and I think that those conversations should only happen after or in like a third date is when when you get there because the first date is just a vibe check yeah are you guys on the same wavelength yeah second date activity do something fun can can you see yourself hanging out with this person in different um instances third date should be romantic and this is like kind of where you see okay do our futures align yeah here 
And I will say, though, Dubai is becoming much more of a permanent place for people. They have the golden visas. They have the retirement visas, uh, work remote visas. People are buying more property rather than renting now. So therefore, people are making more permanent plans to stay in Dubai, which then leads to more permanent romantic relationships. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Pretty true. Maybe there's hope. <laughs> there is hope. <laughs> so my next question is for both of you: How do you know when you love someone? How do you th- or how do you think you know when you love someone? Because I think everyone's version of this answer is going to be different, right? I'll start mm-hmm. with you, Sarah. Because I feel like I feel like <laughs> you, you know what's interesting is that from a romantic sense, I don't think that I can answer it because. You know, you were talking about these attachment styles. And my attachment style has always been insecure. So my relationships have been codependent. Mm. And it hasn't been about me loving or appreciating the other person for who they are. Like, obviously, I think they're great. And otherwise, I wouldn't be with them. But it was more about me becoming, like, enmeshed with that person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And thinking that they need to they're the only way that I can be happy yeah and if they're not in touch I'm not happy and if something's wrong then I'm not happy and it's like I lost myself so I don't actually know if I've ever been in a healthy love to be able to answer that question but not if yet. I am, yeah, not, not yet, yet. not yet. It will come I think that I am in a much better place in my life now and um, I will be attracting that healthy love I'm feeling like there's gonna be progress (laughs) yeah but if I had to think of it in a sense of how do I know that I love my friends it's Mm. like you just have such a deep gratitude and appreciation for them and you just see them entirely for who they are and you just care about them so much so I would say probably something like that (laughs) I love that yeah and no that's that's interesting because the way that I view love is when you meet somebody who makes you love yourself more. Oh, I like because, that. Because, because they're supportive of you. Yeah. They're constantly complimenting you. Like, oh my gosh, you look spectacular. Oh my gosh, tell me about your business today. Oh, okay. How can I help mm-hmm. you? How can I do this? Yeah. And another way, because everybody does have a different definition of love and how they show love, how they receive love. If you know more about love languages, like you need to mm-hmm. really, like, if you want to read that book, listen to that book. I think it's so important. Mm-hmm. And figure out like which ones are like your top top of the five and when i think about it mine are definitely and i think this is has to do with childhood stuff but gift giving and receiving i think that like i love giving somebody a gift because it shows like some thought and consideration and then in return getting one back but that doesn't have to mean that it's a chanel bag it could be like I remember I used to date this guy. Every time we stopped at the gas station, he would get me gummy worms. <laughs> like, I love, I love sour that. gummy worms. So, like, he would always do Just, like, those small, so small things that, like, show, like, I love you or, like, I support you yeah. and things like that. So, I definitely, that. when you feel like you love yourself more, mm. that's when you know you're in a very healthy relationship. Yeah. Nice. I nice. feel like relationships are a mirror to yourself and... I think the healthy ones really do predominantly highlight the good in you. They reflect the good yeah. in you. I yeah. said this the other day. I was like, I think you, 
you know when like you're with someone good because it brings the best out in you yeah, exactly. you become a better exactly. person and there was one yeah. quote from years ago that someone said and it was like don't be with a person you can live with be with a person that you can't live without as well and mm-hmm. i think you you can't live without that person if you feel as high or as good as you do when you're mm-hmm. around them maybe i don't know well, you're sure looking at me like I, i'm not no, sure no, about no, that well, <laughs> Well, well, the thing is, um, no, that, that's that's an interesting it's, quote because I think that you'll have a good perspective on this because mm-hmm. um, because what you're saying on codependency yeah. and all of this, yeah. not it's not really about being able to live without the person, but maybe feeling like how do I say this in a nice way? Um, no, 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 in a, in a sense of you'd rather live with. Yeah. that person in your life than yeah. without that person. Yeah, I don't think it's in your like life. literally. I think yeah. it's more kind of a yeah. 100%. Yeah. But I think, you know, I don't know about you, but I've definitely been in that place where I'm like I can't live without this person. And I'll, I think that's I'll die unhealthy. without them. Oh my yeah. god. Literally. If, if they uh, the amount of times me, I planned my that. funeral after <laughs> after yeah. a breakup, honestly. Yeah. But no, I But think, I don't think it's so literal. I think it's yeah. more of a like a yeah. they they should it should be that that person like your life is so valuable mm. and so special and you are so special and that person adds to your life and that person makes your life brighter and you can grow together and yeah. you can be happy together in that sense Ooh, can, can i just say one thing yeah something that i always say like i really despise the term my other half my mm. better half because mm. i always say one plus one equals two yeah. Because yeah. when you're with somebody, you shouldn't feel like half a person. Yeah. And they shouldn't feel like half a person either. Mm-hmm. You both are whole people that create something different. Even if one, one plus one equals three, because you but, create something even better. But then yeah. doesn't that come back to codependency a little bit? What, well, the half of? part does. The half yeah, part. The half part. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the half part. Yeah. If you, if you see yourself as a whole person with mm-hmm. your own personality and your own beliefs and your own values and your own boundaries... And then that other person, as a completely other person, mm. he's not your other half. He is another an person. Added. He's an yeah. added value in your life. So that's the kind of healthy thing. The saying that somebody is your other half is a codependency mm. thing because yeah. that yeah. means that you are not complete without someone. So. Why do people say that? Why do we not just say because they're codependent? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's also just a term that we've grown up with. My so, other yeah. half, my better half, mm. and. Sometimes it does, like, sometimes it does feel like you've met someone who is kind of like you. I I like the term partner. Yeah, partner is the best thing. Partner's nice. Yeah. If if you're not married or you're not fiancé or not, whatever. Yeah. I also I also say partner like yeah. if I am with somebody I call them my partner yeah it's nice and then somebody asks, oh, no I'll tell you that for a different <laughs> no? this is a Dubai podcast I'll talk about that later <laughs> no you can talk about honeymoon periods mm-hmm. so what they say what like six months is a honeymoon period is it a year maybe how do you keep the excitement okay so i think that it's all different for everybody and it also depends on what you define as a honeymoon phase some people define it as like crazy physical things some people define it as crazy admiration for the other person some people define it as codependency i can't live live without this other person 
I think that happy, healthy relationships, I mean, you're going to go through your ebbs and flows. That's just normal. That's mm. life. But of course, when you first meet somebody, it's the butterflies. It's the excitement. It's, oh my gosh, wow, I really look up to this person. I think that we really can build a future together. I would say that honeymoon period ends maybe when you want to bite the other person's head off. No, I'm <laughs> ends when like you know some real life kicks in you have to make like real life decisions but i think that if you're in a happy healthy relationship you should always still have that admiration respect for somebody no matter what's happening in both of your lives Mm. what about if someone has you know been in a relationship for i don't know a few years and nothing really has knocked them over Mm -hmm. and you know and then they get married and they have kids and then something knocks them over after like yeah. How do they do, like, <laughs> well, but it happens. People, no, it people get married quickly, and you know, yeah. And particularly, maybe if they get into a certain age and they want to get married or want to have babies and things, and then yeah. you know everything's going smoothly, and then like five years into marriage, like bang, something's like. I I would definitely say if you feel like you're stuck in a rut, start dating each other again. Like oh, yeah. really, like put that first. Put your relationship first because. This sounds like, and I know that you mentioned this earlier, Sarah, uh, like losing your identity because mm. maybe like you have become or you feel like my identity is now wife and mom. Well, guess what? Maybe you have to switch it up. And now your identity is girlfriend again mm-hmm. or sorry, partner. <laughs> <laughs> and to like really change those roles and switch it up mm. and have those clear boundaries, expectations. There's something that I actually love, love, love. It's called a relationship contract. And you renew it every year with your partner. And you sit down with your partner uh, one-on-one and you say, okay, these are the expectations that I have. These are the standards that I want to be met, this, this, and that. Your partner does the same. You agree that, okay, you know what? I can't do this five times a week, but I can do this. I can do this. I can do that. You come to an agreement and then you reevaluate every year, every six months, however you want to address the contract again. That's awesome. Do you know what? I had something um, similar with an ex-boyfriend a few years back and it wasn't a contract but it was something I was in India at the time and someone gave me this list and was like if you're going for a bad patch you can go through this list and you can kind of ask each other these questions hmm. and it was really good because you you find out about each other in the relationship and how you feel about certain things that are happening hmm. and he just wouldn't do it he just oh. would yeah he wouldn't do it and I and I honestly I can't remember what it was called and if I find it I will share it with you guys but um it was a really cool list and it just I can't even give you an example but I just remember thinking that would really help because it mm. would just give you an opportunity in a safe space to open up and talk about how you feel but mm, no yes. he wouldn't do it so if I do find the list maybe I'll put it in a future podcast mm-hmm. I <laughs> love the it. idea of the contract and the list yeah the and I like just going back to what you were saying about uh the honeymoon period like it, it is very real and it is always very exciting in the beginning of a relationship and I'm not an expert I'm just talking from my own experience but uh, my own perspective anyway not my experience but um, I feel like we've been fed this ideal of what a relationship should be like and that it should be like raw sexy love hot sex <laughs> and um, passionate and always exciting and you know that's 50 shades of graceful yeah (laughs) honestly and maybe disney as well you know these unrealistic expectations that somebody's going to come and save you and make you happy and all of these things Mm. um and you forget that actually like at some point the relationship is work and things like you mentioned the list and the contract are so important Mm. and it's it's like just because you don't feel that 
insane excitement around someone, it doesn't mean that you don't have a good relationship yeah. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. No. We're nearly coming to an end, but I've got one more question again for both of you. <clears throat> so the question is, what is the key to finding love within yourself or someone else? What's your... Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the key to finding love with yourself is definitely um, acceptance you have to really take a hard look at yourself and the good and the bad and just say, yep, this is me. And like I mentioned before, of course, there's always going to be work to do and you can always improve in some ways, but it's ultimately knowing that you are still worthy regardless of any of that stuff. Um, and I think when you get to that point where you feel so worthy and you know yourself so well and you're working on yourself that is going to help you find the love that you want the same on like the same level as what you are awesome yeah i love that and then thinking about uh the key to building a relationship with someone or sorry finding love with somebody is really figuring out and assessing can you build a life with this person and that is really built on like what values, hobbies, interests, habits versus living a lifestyle. Because anybody could live a lifestyle, mm -hmm. right? Oh, wow, I really like private planes. I like fancy dinners. I like this. I like that. Vacations. But you really need to think long term. And what, what, are, what do you have in common that you can actually build a life with this person? Yeah. I love that. Amazing. I'm going to leave this podcast on a note from Stephen Bartlett. If anyone follows him or listens to hip hop, I, Wait, love, I are, love him. Are you ready for this? On the way here, I, my friend messaged me who I just like, we recently met. She goes, I think your perfect match is Stephen <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. He's laughing so hard. I was like, not my type, but okay. I'll He's take amazing. it. amazing. He, he is he, such an amazing person. He really is. Yeah, yeah. His podcast, like, yeah. I mean, Life -changing I, I, stuff. I think like at least yeah. once a day, I see someone sharing his podcast or his post. Mm. Or, and it's funny because literally just a couple of hours ago, he posted something, which is related to this topic which is why Ooh. i'm sharing it Kiss it says <laughs> if we're dating i want to be your second priority i want your first priority to be you your mm. ambitions your life and your future because my priority right now is me and mine finding happiness and security alone is crucial to finding it together True. that's what that. she sent me and that's what she said we'd be perfect <laughs> <laughs> perfect <laughs> Well, thank you so much to both of you for being on no, first you. podcast, oh, and yeah. I look forward to. Well, I'm going to re-listen to this because yeah. like, <laughs> it's been so fun. But yeah, thank you so much. And thank you. Thank you. Christiana Maction. You can find me on socials at christiana.maction.matchmaker. Also, christianamaction.com. That's M-A-X-I-O-N. And uh, if you're interested in learning more about self-love or about me um you can find me on instagram sarah boutros wellness and if you don't know how to spell it Lindsay is gonna put my name somewhere <laughs> in in the podcast description so i hope you find me <laughs> thank you for listening to this week's episode of not just wellness you can find me on instagram at Lindsay claire underscore and dm me if you have any topics that you'd like me to cover i'll catch you next month much love